Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning is the Gospel reading that is read oftentimes for the special celebration of the anniversary of a congregation from Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So far our text. That is the cornerstone of who we are as Christians and who we are as a congregation here at Our Savior. The great speech that Jesus gives in one simple sentence, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That is what we are here as church to do. So as we think about this, we have questions to ask. Who are the lost? Well, that's easy. That's you. That's me. That's everyone else around. As Isaiah says, when he sees God on the throne in heaven, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Resonate with anyone? Anyone here with unclean lips? Or know of neighbors with unclean lips? Yeah, that's all of us. Simon Peter, after bringing in the great catch of fish that nearly sinks two boats, falls at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And as we'll sing during communion this morning, I, a sinner, come to thee with a penitent confession. Because there are two different categories of the lost. There are the lost who know they are lost. And then there are the lost that have no clue that they're lost. You and I are among the ones who know we're lost. And know that without Jesus, we have nothing. So when we come into this building, and any time we come into the presence of God through His Word, we have that penitent confession that we need Him to guide our way. That without Him, we ourselves are lost. But those who don't know, those who have no clue, they need us to help point the way. They need to hear the message that we have and that we've been sharing for 90 years in this place. So what is our message for the lost? The same that Jesus had for Zacchaeus this morning. Today salvation has come to this house. Jesus says this not because Zacchaeus says that I'm giving half of my stuff to the poor or I am giving back fourfold of anything I have defrauded. Not because of anything that he did, not because of anything he promises, but because the word of God incarnate is standing in his house, 
Salvation truly has come into his house because he is standing right there. And as we'll see throughout the rest of our service this morning, that same salvation is given to us. Were as scarlet my transgression, it shall be as white as snow. We begin our trek going from lost to found in the waters of baptism as they wash away the stain of sin, making us white as snow. The the seraphim says to Isaiah, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Much more than a flaming coal from the heavenly altar, the Son of God's body and blood has touched your lips, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, your sins truly being atoned for. And the greatest part of the message comes from the greatest line in our psalm this morning. Though the Lord is high, He regards the lowly. He looks on those that other people overlook. This especially is seen in Zacchaeus, as he was both short in stature, but also one of the chief tax collectors, therefore considered by almost everybody the scum of the earth. But whose house does Jesus go to when he comes into Jericho? Zacchaeus's, which is why everybody gets into an uproar. Because they think that Jesus shouldn't be out for the lost. That he should be out firming up the foundation under those who have been found. But Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And where are they? When Jesus calls Zacchaeus, they're not in the synagogue. They're out in the street. When he calls Peter, Andrew, James, and John, again, not in the synagogue. They're in their fishing boats, doing their work. And this is where we go. We meet the people who are lost in their needs. And we don't have to be preachy. We don't have to make every conversation have Jesus as every fourth word. Because as we'll sing again in communion this morning, one of the favorite hymns for many people here today, Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt. Because that's you and that's me. Many conflicts and doubts in our hearts and in our minds because of so many things that are going on. But for those who are lost, they have no answers. They doubt that they can even find the answers for the conflicts that are in them. And so we meet them as they are. And before you say, Pastor, well, what if I say something wrong? Well, go back and admit you got it wrong. It's that simple. Because you don't have to be an expert to reach out. You don't have to have the answer for every single question. Well, one, that's why you called a pastor to be here, to help you with those. But two, even the pastor doesn't have all the answers to all the questions. He has to go and look them up as well. And throughout these years, we have prayed for God to increase our witness to His salvation. Asking Him to make us like Isaiah when He hears the voice of the Lord saying, Who will will I send and who will go for us? 
He says, here am I, send me. People get afraid with the idea of outreach. Because they think of big programs and committees and all this stuff that we have to do. Outreach starts in simple conversations. Again, meeting people where they are, in their conflicts, in their doubts. Maybe you have been through something similar. Maybe you have some insight. And it doesn't happen in these four walls. It happens at coffee. It happens at work. It happens at school. Again, simple conversations that can make great impacts in people's lives. And I know that sounds kind of pushy. But as we see from our text this morning, Jesus is quite pushy. Because he invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. He says, I'm coming to your house. Not asking, telling. And that's what we have done for the last 30 years. We have invited ourselves into people's homes throughout the area and even across the country and around the world through the radio ministry and lately through the live stream, through the website. Each week, our prayers and our praise and our worship extend beyond these four walls to people who aren't necessarily members of OSLC, maybe not even Lutheran, maybe not even Christian, striving to bless them as they try to see that they're lost, but where they can be found. This is why Paul tells the Corinthians, strive to excel in building up the church. The Christian life is not about building myself up. It's about building up each other. Which is why every service I begin by saying, I pray that our worship together is both glorifying to God as well as edifying to one another. Not only that our prayers and praise may be pleasing to Him, but also that it may help build each of us up as each of us comes together in this place. And we do it often because we also seek for God to dwell continually among us. And He does that through His Word and sacraments, the very things we come here to receive. And again from the psalm, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. That preservation is what we are here to celebrate this morning. And as we gather together downstairs to hear stories that have happened over the years and some of the great blessings that we see, we see how well God has blessed us in this place. Ninety years ago, 1932, the heart of the Great Depression And a pastor says, no, there needs to be a church here in Milford. Going on from there, shortly after, you have World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and every other major military thing that has happened in the 20th century. On into the September 11th attacks, and even through COVID. God has not forsaken us. God has not left us to flounder. He has blessed us in all of these times. Blessed and helped us to grow, maybe not always in numbers, but in our faith and in the building up of one another. Therefore, we pray this morning 
for him to keep his family, the church, continually in the true faith. Bringing to mind again the third article of the creed. That the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. And so also he does the same things to the church. This is what we pray for every Sunday. For those who come into this house with faith and fear of God and reverence. That they may be built up, continuing in the true faith. And as you look out into Milford and southern Iroquois County, and everywhere the radio and live stream reaches, pray for the vision to see not just the problems that we need to tackle, but also the blessings and the possibilities that God has given to us now and will continue to give us on into the future. Amen.